Welcome to Anatomy of a Verse, the podcast that examines rap music and hip-hop culture one verse at a time. I'm Max Maples, and today we're talking about the first verse from the 1988 hit song, It Takes Two. Here's a little story that must be told. It's a music that is all beat and talk. It's rap music. We don't do that in my music, man. I'm tired of you saying that. Yeah, how about the gang rape on you? But when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. You had a, a rap singer here last night named Sister Soldier. And they, they, they've given them permission to go down and shoot us. It's the toy. Gangster rap and misogynist lyrics will not be tolerated any longer. It's not actually a form of music. It's a, it's a form of rhythmic speaking. In this episode, we're going to talk about what has made this song, and specifically this verse, so enduring. By examining DJ Easy Rock's now legendary beat, MC Rob Bass's impeccable phrasing, and the song's relationship to hip-hop's early days in the 1970s. At its face, It Takes Two may seem like your run-of-the-mill one-hit wonder, but there's a little more to it than that. And in order to fully understand where this song is coming from, we have to rewind back to the early 70s in the neighborhood of the South Bronx in New York City. The year is 1973, and a 16-year-old kid named DJ Cool Herc is becoming famous for his amazing block parties. And the key ingredient to these parties is the music. Cool Herc had the best music because he was obsessed with finding records that had good breaks. A break is a section of a song in which the whole band stops playing except for the drums and percussion. Normally, a break would only last a few seconds, but Herc had discovered something revolutionary. By using two turntables and two copies of the exact same record, he could repeat a song's break as long as he wanted. And this provided the perfect musical backdrop for two very important things. Number one, the dancing. And number two, the MC. At first, the MC or master of ceremonies was just there to introduce the DJ, or sometimes to make important announcements to the crowd, while the DJ focused on the music. But over time, the MC's role evolved to include rhythmic delivery, rhymes, and even choreographed dancing. And by the late 1970s, record executives were beginning to see the potential to make a lot of money. By the early 80s, hip-hop had begun its transition from block parties to recording studios. And by the late 80s, 
MCs like Rakim, Slick Rick, and Chuck D were completely redefining hip-hop culture for a new generation of young people. Follow me into a solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhymes. MC Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock grew up in the middle of this transitional period, playing music for parties in and around Harlem, New York, not far from hip hop's birthplace of the South Bronx. Here's a clip of Rob from a 1990 interview. Well, we started out about how long ago? Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, we was doing like nightclubs and, you know, any kind of things we could do. Block parties, uh-huh. house parties, yeah. really? you know, anything we could do. Cash hand over fist back then, right? Charging a fortune yeah. for everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it for free, actually. Yeah. Really? But even by the late 80s, Rob Bass and Easy Rock still saw themselves not as recording artists, but as live entertainers, as facilitators of an experience. Well... Our music is really like consists upon like dancing, you know, keeping the party hype, yeah. a lot of dancing, you know. We like we like to do like dance music. As long as the music is fast, as long as the music is good enough for the people to dance to, yeah. mm-hmm. and with a nice hook on it, you know, once you throw it on at a party, the crowd will just get up and dance to it. And the song It Takes Two, released in 1988, definitely makes people want to get up and dance. There are two main ingredients that make up the song's infectious dance beat. The first, of course, is the break. This one from a song called Think by Lynn Collins. Hey, fellas, I'm talking to you, you, you too. Do you guys know who I'm talking to? Those of you who go out and stay out all night and have a night. But let me tell you something. Think is a 1972 funk song produced by the most sampled man in all of hip-hop, the godfather of soul himself, James Brown. Although James Brown himself is not credited, you can hear his iconic high-pitched woo all throughout It Takes Two. The other voice that says, yeah, is Brown's longtime bandmate, Bobby Bird. This break just happens to feature a lot of vocal sounds in the background. Rob Bay said in a 2018 interview, quote, A lot of people said, oh, too much woo, yeah. You need to take it out at some point. I had to fight and say, nah, we got to keep that in the whole record. That's got to stay in there. And people didn't understand where I was coming from, end quote. Indeed, this is a break that would become famous for its background vocalizations. The yeah and woo sounds are now among the most recognizable sounds in all of hip-hop, and arguably all of pop culture. The second and equally important layer is a Roland 808 drum machine, providing a beat consisting of a low, booming kick, a cracking snare drum, some claps, and hi-hats.
This beat was heavily inspired by another hit song, which had been released four years earlier, Set It Off by Strafe. Here's a clip of a conversation between two legendary hip-hop producers, Pharrell Williams and Rick Rubin, in which Pharrell talks about his childhood experiences and the cultural significance of Set It Off in the mid to late 80s. Another record that was very transformative in Virginia was um, Strafe, Set It Off. Yeah, incredible. One of the greats. Anytime you were at a club and that came on, people just lost their mind. You squawk outside and you just see like, the baddest chicks, you know, the hoop earrings, the um, bicycle shorts, you know, talking to the drug dealers. And those guys are all just like, you know, chains out, passing joints, and set it off as playing. And it's a movie. When we combine these two elements, the set it off beat and the think break, all that's left to complete the picture is the MC. So now let's talk about Rob Bass's incredible first verse from the 1988 song, It Takes Two. I wanna rock right now. I'm Rob Bass and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get stupid. I mean outrageous. This verse is very short, only 12 bars long, clocking in at 27 seconds from beginning to end. And from the iconic opening lines, we immediately understand what Rob was saying in his interview. This is dance music, so we can expect everything here to be in service of his role as MC in the traditional sense. We're not going to get multi-layered metaphors or sharp political commentary here. His goal is simply to make us move. So let's investigate this further by breaking the verse into three four-bar chunks, starting with the first four bars. I wanna rock right now. I'm Rob Bass and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. These first four bars feel like an introduction, and not just because Rob is literally introducing himself in the lyrics. The production plays a large role in this as well. The 808 drum machine kick and snare sounds have dropped out for this section, and DJ Easy Rock is leaving out the part of the break that includes the bass, guitar, and horns. So all we hear are the original drums from the Lynn Collins recording, including the woo and yeah sounds, along with the 808 claps and hi-hats. Here's what that sounds like. And now with everything back in. As far as the actual rapping is concerned, it's important to note the simplicity of these first four bars. 
with each bar getting one phrase. I'm going to play these bars again, but this time with a bell to mark the beginning of each phrase. Notice the stripped-down beat as well as how each phrase begins with the word I. The last of the four phrases resolves a little bit differently than the first three, which serves to propel the listener into the next section. Now, two very important things have changed here. Number one is the return of the 808 kick and snare, and the full sample. This means that the introductory feeling of the first four bars is gone, and we now have a full dance beat. The second change is Rob's phrasing. Instead of one phrase per bar, we get two subphrases per bar, creating a greater sense of urgency and forward momentum, while preserving the same rhyme scheme from earlier. Let's listen to these middle four bars again, this time with the bell, to mark each subphrase. And now, let's hear the first two sections right next to each other, with the bell, so we can hear how Rob's phrasing, along with changes in the beat, make us want to dance. And for the last four bars of the verse, Rob will spend the first two of those continuing with two subphrases per bar. And then in the last two bars, he brings us in for a landing, so to speak by once again drawing his phrases out longer, similar to the first four bars. As we listen, notice how the beat strips down once again in these last two bars, just as it did in the first section, creating a neat story arc from beginning to end. So, how exactly do we know when a phrase begins or ends? Unlike in written poetry, where we can visually see the line breaks, a rap verse can only truly be analyzed by how it sounds. There are a lot of pieces to this, and unfortunately, we don't have time to fully dive into it on this episode. But we can begin to better understand it by listening to this verse one last time, and this time, focusing specifically on the pitch of Rob's voice. Notice how, over the course of each phrase or subphrase, his pitch usually, but not always, drifts downwards. You may also notice my voice doing the same thing as I speak to you in this podcast. This is called speech declination, but again, a bigger topic for another episode. So, one last time, in its entirety, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, It Takes Two, verse one. I wanna rock right now. I'm Rob Bass and I came to get down. I'm not into
internationally known But I'm known to rock the microphone Because I get stupid I mean outrageous Stay away from me If you're contagious Cause I'm a winner No, not a loser To be an MC Is what I choose a Ladies love me Girls adore me I mean even the ones Who never saw me Like the way that I rhyme at a show The reason why I'm in I don't know So let's go Cause I specifically chose to begin the podcast with this verse because, in my opinion, it is maybe the simplest example of a great hip-hop verse. Lyrically, it's short, well-constructed, and designed to energize and make people feel good. Musically, it's a song that reminds us of hip-hop's origins, when DJs like Cool Herc and Africa Bambata were able to unite people in the middle of a neighborhood that was suffering from the worst urban decay in the entire country. I didn't mention this at the top of the episode, but the 1970s was a very difficult time for the South Bronx. Property values sank to record lows, while crime and poverty soared. Buildings were being burned by the dozens per day, sometimes so their owners could collect the insurance money, and sometimes just because the scrap metal inside the building was worth more than the building itself. And in the middle of all of this, hip-hop was a way for young people to rise above the chaos. Even though It Takes Two doesn't talk about these things directly, it doesn't have to. It contains within it the same elements that made those first Cool Herc parties so important. Elements as simple as a naked drumbeat that everyone recognizes, or a James Brown woo, or an MC who wants nothing more than to bring people together and make them dance. Of course, 1988 will always be associated with NWA's political aggression, Rakim's fluid virtuosity, and Slick Rick's vivid storytelling. But it will also be remembered as the year of It Takes Two, a powerful statement from a real hip-hop MC. Anatomy of a Verse is created by me, Max Maples, in Brooklyn, New York. Next time, we're going to switch gears and talk about the art of storytelling in hip-hop with the song One Love by Nas from the legendary 1994 album Illmatic. This episode is dedicated to Rodney Bryce, a.k.a. DJ Easy Rock, who passed away in 2014. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.